Welcome to Finding My Fit. I'm Athena and I'm just a girl trying to find where the heck I fit into the big wide world. Finding My Fit empowers you to become your happiest and healthier self. Join me every week as we discuss all things health, wellness, mindset, manifestation and lots lots more so you can find your fit. Hi everybody and welcome back to the podcast. So today I've got a guest episode. I'm joined by a lovely lady called Lynn. She describes herself as a glam grandma who knows how to get you to eat your veggies. I absolutely love the fact that she describes herself as a glam grandma, honestly. Today we spoke all about who she is, what she does and her type 2 diabetes diagnosis. So her sort of content and her guidance and the things that she offers centre around living a healthy lifestyle with type 2 diabetes. And she's actually written a book called Brownies for Breakfast. And this helps people cook, eat, sleep and walk their way through a type 2 diabetes diagnosis and to kind of prevent or escape the ill effects of this diagnosis. We spoke all about her type 2 diabetes diagnosis and how if you are also suffering from diabetes, you can manage your symptoms and live a healthy lifestyle. So if you are suffering with type 2 diabetes or even if you don't have a diabetes diagnosis, this episode is going to be for you. So stay tuned. So Lynn, I read on your profile that you call yourself the glam grandma who knows how to get you to eat your veggies. I would love you to explain a little bit more about that statement and a little bit more about yourself. Well, okay. And that was a quote, but I thought, okay, cool. I'll use it. Someone else came up with it. First of all, I'm, I'm 75 and people say, well, are you, do you want to talk about that? How old? Yes. I love being 75 and I love being 75 and energetic and healthy and able to move. And that's, that's what I'm hoping for everyone. Uh, and I think I have some ways to do that. So, and the, one of the big ones right there on top is eat your veggies. So yes, I will own being the glam grandma who wants you to eat your veggies. And I think I know a little bit about how to get you to do that. Uh, it's new habits, you know, it's, it's figuring out how, how it works for you. Most folks will agree. It's like, yes, okay, I know I need to eat my veggies. Yeah, yada, yada. But the trick is how? How do you get all those vegetables in all day long? Because the world now, and you're in the UK, so I, and I haven't been recently, I'm not familiar for so much with the food scene, but you know, here in the United States, everybody is driving through. That's how people are eating. Everybody is, nobody's cooking, hardly anyone is. And so it, it's, you need to shift your habits just a little bit. And if you want to call me a glam gram, okay, great. Because yeah, I still clean up pretty good. And, and I say that, I know, in my profile. And it's fun for me. I actually, I really love that little phrase, like glam grandma. I really love it. Is health and, you know, getting people to eat their veggies and think about nutrition, is that something you've always been passionate about? I know we're going to talk a little bit later about your diabetes diagnosis, but I just wanted to ask quickly, like how your sort of passion for this came about. Uh, well, and thank you for asking. That makes me think about it a little bit because 
it the way you asked the question. Um, I graduated from high school in 1964. I was in college, 1964, five, six. And the world was changing, kind of turning upside down. It was a youth revolution. And, and one of the things that was happening to us hippies, if you want to um, put that tag on it, is we were connecting a bit with back with the earth. And uh, so the idea of eating natural foods kind of grew up with that movement in the 60s and 70s. And I thought it was cool and was interested in food. And, and I actually talk about this in the book. My, my book, Brownies for Breakfast, is about half recipes. But the first half of the book is stories and background, a little bit of history. And like any young woman, it seems, I spent a lot of my time thinking about diets and dieting and being slender and um, how to do that. So food was a big interest, even though the information that I was getting maybe wasn't the greatest in the world. Yes, you're right, the, the diabetes part came later, but the food was always an interest. And I, again, like many young adults, I didn't have any money. What I did for entertainment and what I did for my friends was I was the one who cooked. And I wasn't a great cook, but I cooked. And my friends were grateful to come and sit around the table and eat some real food. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing that story. It's so, so interesting. And I'm sure we could talk for so long about your backstory, but I really want to dive into your type two diabetes diagnosis. So if you're comfortable and, you know, in as much detail as you want to, could you talk us through your diagnosis? Did you have any symptoms? Did you go to the doctors to get diagnosed? What happened directly after your diagnosis? Talk us through the, the process of your diagnosis. I want to, because that's really what, if you want to take one thing away from this discussion today, I want everybody to understand that diabetes, um, type two diabetes, let's talk specifically, and we can talk about the difference between type one, type two later, but type two diabetes doesn't have symptoms. Sometimes you might have a little fatigue, you might have a little hunger, but who doesn't have fatigue and hunger? I mean, you know, very hard to know what that is from. So it's not symptomatic. That means you can have type two diabetes for decades before you realize it, which means that damage is being done internally, very severe damage over time is being done by having this excessive blood sugar rolling around in your system. It's very important to get a diagnosis as early as possible, which happened to me, but sort of by accident, because I had what's called gestational diabetes. So not uncommon when you're pregnant, uh, as I was pregnant with my first child, he um, was 10 pounds when he was born. And they, and back at that time, that was 1975, no tests had been done, no particular attention had been paid uh, to my blood sugar. And I gained 60 pounds of the pregnancy and had this huge baby. And the doctor's men afterwards said, oh, you probably had gestational diabetes. That was the problem. So you will have to be careful because you are likely to develop type two diabetes later in your life, in your forties, which at the time seemed like an eternity away, you know, but 
it was around the corner. And so when I got to be into my 40s, and no, no symptoms, particularly, no. When I reached, I don't know, early 40s, I started asking my doctor if I could have a, a hemoglobin A1C test, which I think that's what they were doing at the time. And she said, you know, no, you're, you're not overweight, you're okay. And then different doctors moving here, there, you know, life. And I kept asking. And finally, one of them said, okay, yeah, uh, let's, let's give you a test. And sure enough, I was up into what they call borderline diabetes territory, or now they're actually just calling it diabetes. And so I was made aware that I just, I needed to eat carefully, don't eat any carbs, um, exercise a lot. And so I started reading everything I could find because the information coming from the medical community was, you know, not great. And I read and I, I listened and um, we didn't have internet. And so that made it a lot harder. Uh, but I was interested and I realized that it was something that was happening to a lot of people and the information wasn't out there. Life goes on and you learn and, and the internet comes out and more and more people are interested in plant-based whole food eating and healing with food. And so it's been an evolution of that information from my point of view. But what we know now is quite a bit different than what we thought back in the day, back in the 70s and 80s. What I want everyone to understand is the earlier you get a diagnosis, the more you can reverse it, prevent any more uh, damage, and um, control it, manage it. So if you wait until you have symptoms, unfortunately, the symptoms are severe and you might get neuropathy in your fingers and toes. That means no feeling. You might have pain in your fingers and toes. What's happening is your extremities are dying and um, you will have other damage that can't be seen, heart, brain damage. And what happens frequently, you will lose your sight. And often people have to be, have amputations of their fingers and toes. And this is typically going to be in, in your 60s, 70s, older. Uh, but why let that happen? It's preventable. And so for me, that was the urgency of getting out and telling other people and showing up and saying, look, I'm 75. I have all my fingers and toes and I can make trouble uh, at, at this age happily. And it's because I had an early diagnosis because I pushed for it. And so many people, men particularly, really struggle when it comes to being seen, getting their exam, you know, and the wives are, honey, you got to go get yourself checked out. Now nah, I'm fine. Look at me. I'm great. I'm strong. But these things that are unseen can still be highly damaging if you don't go and get seen. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's like, I think that diabetes is one of those conditions where people don't understand very much about it and I think a lot of people don't realize how serious type 2 and type 1 diabetes are and gestational diabetes and I don't think people realize how serious diabetes can be like mm. you said there when it gets to a serious point people literally have to have amputations they lose their eyesight it's really really scary 
And that's why I'm really glad that there are people like you that are advocating for the proper management of diabetes. So how do you manage your diabetes now? Or I guess, you know, since you got diagnosed, what are the key steps you've taken to make sure that your blood sugar levels stay within a normal range to prevent you from, you know, having worsening symptoms? And that has evolved a bit. Uh, I have another story for you, uh, which was, I thought I knew, and I had the book about half written, and somehow I I was, abs- I saw a notice for this uh, conference, and I just, I, for some reason, had to go. I just felt I really had to go. It was the Plantricians Conference, and it was expensive, and it was long, but I I thought, no, I'm going to do this. It was a thousand doctors, MDs from all over the world who are the docs who heal with food. And so I sat through five days of PowerPoints from eight in the morning until eight at night. So much data, data and more data, uh, science-based data. And these folks would get up and talk about doing surgeries on eight, nine-year-old kids and having the kids' veins full of plaque, which is a result of what we call the SAD diet. The standard American diet um, is making people ill and causing chronic disease. And there's really, the correlation is clear. There's really no argument anymore about it. The big thing that I learned at that conference that I did not know, even I thought I knew a lot about diabetes. I've been reading and studying, but the, they now had the data to show that the most important thing was avoiding animal fat. And you go, what? I thought diabetes was about carbs and all my adult life, I had been limiting my carbs. And um, which in a way you have to do, but it's more important to look at the quality of the carbs that you're eating. What are you eating? Just being a carb isn't that important. It's, is it nourishing food? Is it, is, is there fiber in it? And then the most important thing is cutting the animal fat out of your diet. And that's how you control uh, type two diabetes. Anyone, especially in the UK and uh, Ireland, it's like, what? <laughs> you know, meat, dairy? Yes. And I also like to say that if you have a dairy cow out in your yard and you know her name, you know that the milk coming from that dairy cow is good food for a cow. It's, it's not at least poisoned with the chemicals that uh, are part of factory farming, but milk is designed to make a calf, a sweet little 80 pound thing, become a 2000 pound bull in a matter of weeks. It's a thing that humans you know, have evolved to take advantage of as a protein source to some extent, but the way people are consuming dairy now ice cream, you know, um, just everything you look at has cream and milk in it. And that cream and milk, it's from tainted sources. It's from really awful sources. It's full of antibiotics, stuff you don't want in your body. What you moms and dads know, one of the first things that your pediatrician is likely to tell you when your kid just can't get rid of the runny nose and is, is get rid of the dairy. That's a good, good rule really for 
most of us, even though our diets over the past 50, 75 years have been hugely driven by meat and dairy. You know, all those ads about milk and how good it was for you. And everyone thought if you weren't getting your milk three times a day, you went, no, not true. Um, you have to cut the dairy out. What everyone needs to understand is if you're not eating processed food, if you're eating whole plant-based foods, you can add salt when you want in reasonable amounts. That's not gonna anywhere near add up to 2000 grams a day. It's the salt that goes, it's the hidden salt, the unseen salt in those processed foods that it's making your blood pressure go through the roof, uh, which is part of the metabolic syndrome that is diabetes type two. Euphoia, a Greek word meaning having beautiful thoughts and a well-balanced mind. A balanced mind and body bring inner strength and self-confidence to power your best self. Uvoya Wellness, spelled E-U-V-O-I-A Wellness, is created to help you be your best self. All of our products are made using full-spectrum CBD, meaning we use all the therapeutic parts of the hemp plant. If you have areas of discomfort or pain, our CBD relief roll-on is perfect for getting deep into your sore joints and muscles. A good night's sleep is vital to good health. Our sleep oil gives you better REM sleep and more refreshed mornings, while our regular full-spectrum oils are truly the liquid gold you need for your daily routine, making your days more focused and less stressful. Go to Uvoya Wellness, E-U-V-O-I-A wellness.com, and find the natural solution for your wellness needs. That's E-U-V-O-I-A wellness.com, and use promo code wellness at checkout for 15% off your purchase. I'm sure so many of the listeners are shocked to hear that it's not actually the carbs that might be causing type 2 diabetes for a lot of people, or I guess not causing it, but perpetuating it. I mean, I know this is like a medical kind of question, but do you think that that is the primary reason why type 2 diabetes is such a big problem? Do you think it is to do with the processing of dairy products and the way that we consume dairy and meat products as a society? Do you think that's like the number one reason? I think the number one reason is that our standard American diet is those things and no more. One of the, another thing that people are shocked to hear is that a hamburger bun white bread is as high virtually on the glycemic index, we'll talk about that in a minute, as sugar. So sugar is an enormous problem and we'll talk about that too. But when you're eating processed flour and rice and the meats we've talked about and the dairy, it's the combination of those things. So you're eating, most Americans are eating a high carb, low quality carb, high fat, high salt diet. It's all those things. So you can't, there isn't one little magic bullet, except as I said, if you say, okay, I'm not going to eat meat, all of a sudden you can't eat fast food, right? <laughs> and you're cutting out, so you're, you're cutting out all kinds and you're not going to be eating hamburgers anymore. And so that's a huge huge step toward eating better if you do that. But it's the overall quality of everything that you eat. People are much more conscious of making sure that their little Labrador retriever has good nutritious food. They're much more 
apt to, to be, be sure that that little guy has what he needs than they are to look at what they're eating carefully. Um, it's the quality of what you're eating. Is it actually nourishing food? Is the, are there vitamins and minerals in that food you're eating? And if you're eating a hamburger, uh, the answer, or let's say the hamburger that you get in a drive-through, the answer is pretty much no. There's virtually nothing in that food that is nourishing you. It's all sugar, fat, and uh, carbs. Going back for a second to glycemic index, for um, anyone who doesn't isn't familiar with the term, it's uh, it's how a food ranks in terms of reacting with your blood sugar immediately. So something like white sugar is way up high on the glycemic index and is a thing that will immediately give you a reaction in your, uh, your blood sugar. Whereas something like broccoli is gonna be way down on the glycemic index. You could eat it all day and all night and it is not gonna spike your blood sugar. So those of us who know we are diabetics learn, we sort of memorize that there are things that uh, don't rank well on a glycemic index. One of them, rice. Rice is as high as um, sugar. So, and you'll, you'll, you've heard white foods, potato, rice, uh, processed flour. Yeah, those things typically spike your blood sugar. They're way up high. Yes, I completely agree. It's about creating habits. And a lot of what you said there really is basic proper nutrition. It's the kind of stuff that we should all be following, you know, cutting out the processed meats, the fast foods, focusing on vegetables and healthy carbs. But it's a lot of it is stuff that people don't actually know. I I mean, I know quite a bit about nutrition. I have qualifications in nutrition and I'm a vegan myself. So I don't eat any animal products and I very, very rarely eat fast food. And for me, that's kind of like basic stuff because I've known it, that kind of information for so long. But for a lot of people, they have no idea where to start when it comes to eating healthily. And I love that you mentioned and that you advocate simplicity in cooking. And I think that is a huge reason why people turn to fast food because they just don't know how to create healthy meals at home. And that's why I love that, you know, your book is advocating that kind of simplicity because it will help people steer away from the fast food. So we've talked about nutrition when it comes to managing diabetes does exercise play a role in the management of type 2 diabetes as well? And if so, what would you recommend people to do when it comes to exercise? Big fat, yes. <laughs> yes. But it's for everyone, not just diabetics. I mean, how you cannot, you cannot arrive at your 60s, 70s, 80s without and be reasonably mobile and healthy without moving every day. But it, but it can be you, I don't think you'll argue with me on this, Athena, it can be as simple as just walking, just walk. If you do nothing else, just walk. If you can walk briskly, great, better. If you can walk a little uphill, fabulous. 
I am really fortunate. I live out in the country, but two miles from me, there's a little studio that a woman started and she's brilliant um, and well-trained. And there are a dozen or so of us who come to her studio to do Pilates and TRX. So it's strength, stretching, um, and also talking and laughing, which is as big a part of your health program as anything. And that's, I'm always talking about table too. I want you not to eat alone. I want you not to eat in your car. I want you to really think about how you can at least one meal a day, if possible, sit with someone and eat. You will eat differently because you're with someone and you'll have a friend. <laughs> you'll have someone that you're sharing life with. So the challenge is to prioritize your health. Highly recommend some kind of stretching and rolling to take care of your fascia. <laughs> That's a whole other discussion. Walking is such an amazing way to exercise. And I think it's very much overlooked because when people think of exercise, they think it needs to be difficult or hard or intense. And that's really not the case. And I love that you've said walking because that's something that I advocate and I tell everybody that they need to be doing. Even just, you know, a 20 to 30 minute walk a day is amazing to get the body moving and help with the management of things like diabetes so that was the final question and that brings us on to the true or false round of the podcast and this is actually something that I've only just started doing and you're actually the first person to do the true and false round so we're gonna see how it goes I'm gonna ask you five (laughs) true or false questions well they're not really questions they're sort of statements and I want you to answer true or false to them okay so the first one eating too much sugar causes diabetes yes you can I mean you can expand on the answers if you want to or if you just want to sort of say true or false then is okay yeah it's true it's true it is one of the causes and there are so many different forms of sugar so I would have to go okay let's define sugar uh, you know what kind of sugar and so on um but yes largely we are eating a diet now that is shockingly full of sugar practically every package on the shelf is full of sugar so that's it's a huge contributor no question about it yes so the next one only older people get diabetes false they are now finding type 2 diabetes which they used to think of as a a a disease of older people uh, in teens young kids And, and this is part of the shock and this was part of what i learned at the plantricians conference that i went to is this is a is an epidemic really it's growing and it's now reaching down to kids and it's diet and lack of movement yeah completely agree the next one diabetes is reversible yes it's that's true uh and it depends on your diabetes it depends on you know and this is not a black and white kind of thing it's it there are a lot of subtleties to it but lots and lots of people are able to reverse their diabetes, take their blood sugar way down to normal and you know almost low, um, and show no indications in any of their tests that they still have diabetes. And you do it with diet and exercise. And when I say diet, I don't mean doing without food. I mean eating, not eating crap, <laughs> eating good food. That's what I mean by diet. Yeah, I love that. Okay, and the next one, 
living a healthy lifestyle can reduce your symptoms in diabetes. Absolutely. And I want to remind everyone that it isn't the symptoms that are the problem. It's the invisible stuff going on inside. That's the real problem that will eventually cause blindness and you know neuropathy and all these other bad things. So true. And the final one is diabetes is not life-threatening. True or false? False. Yeah, it is definitely life-threatening. Um, if it goes on untreated, uh, sure. Yeah. It, and, and it causes, what it's doing is, is it is causing your heart and your arteries and veins to deteriorate. So diabetics may ultimately die of a heart attack. And people think, oh, they had heart disease. No, they had diabetes. Um, and that caused the heart disease. The, the simple answer, Athena, is true. It is. It can be deadly. Mm, yeah, definitely. It's so, so scary. I know we did touch on that a little bit earlier on in the podcast, and I'm glad that we've highlighted it again at the end because it's, it is really serious and it's something we all need to learn a little bit more about. So that actually sums up the podcast. Thank you so much for taking part in the true or false round. And I hope it was helpful for everybody listening to just somewhat what we've spoken about. So Lynn, I'm going to link your information and your book and everything in the show notes so people can head over there if they want to check out your information, buy your book. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've shared some amazing stories and really helpful information. So thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you, Athena. It's so much fun. I just, I'm so sorry to say goodbye. I mean, thank you so much. So that is the end of the episode. I really hope you enjoyed this. If you did, leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to get in touch with me or check out my Instagram posts, then at Finding My Fit Podcasts, and I will see you in the next podcast episode.